0: Let's continue to give thanks. Say, Father, I thank you because I am a partaker of the blessings you have kept for me this evening. There is something great you have kept for me this evening. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light. It is healing me. He sent his word and it healed them. The word delivered them from all their destructions. Let's give thanks for that word again in your life, in your own personal life. Say, the word is working in me. Oh, believe me, it is working. Every day I'm more convinced of it by the day. Every passing day I know the word is working. Amen. I know it is working. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen. 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 Alright, the Lord is good. Now let's declare the word of the Lord one to let's go. My now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I said amen. Amen. If you believe, you say another amen. Amen. Good, good, that is good things have come to you today in the name of Jesus. God has packaged something good for you, amen. and today it is entering you by the entrance of the word. Amen. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. All I said the Lord is good. All, All right, if you have a Bible, say amen. amen. Let's open it again to where we were last time. We are talking about the message of Christ to his church, to his people, to you, to me, to us individually. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that we have been reading, let's open our Bibles again to that First Corinthians chapter 11. I want to read it quickly because we are read it several times. It says from verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup and he made the statement, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Then in verse 26, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until it comes. And that's just the background. Why are we reading this? Verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, we have been reading that. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. But he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and the number sleep. Please notice verse 30. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and the number sleep. That is, they die the way we say it in contemporary English. But Paul was always emphatic on the fact that Christians really don't die. The only sleep, all right? But if we judge ourselves rightly, verse 31, we will not be judged. Now, if we don't judge ourselves rightly, we will be judged. That's what it means. And in verse 32, it says, when we are thus judged, but when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another anyone is hungry, let him eat at home and all of that. Now let me just stop reading here. We are getting back to the things we have been saying again and again concerning this issue of um, the judgment of the Lord. Let me go over something my wife says a lot of times. She will just marvel at the way Okemute's colleagues behave once in a while. And she will say, don't people fear the Lord. Okemute is a man of God. So sometimes the way his colleagues will preach, the way they will twist the word of God, and I said, don't they fear God. Okay, not to just came with this colleague, my colleagues, all right? We're all preachers. He so said, don't they fear God. And I want to say again, God should be feared. Let's be specific. The Lord Jesus should be feared. What we're trying to teach is to explain that he's not somebody who takes nonsense from people all the time. The fact about the Lord Jesus is that he's patient. He's long-suffering. And like I say all the time, being long-suffering is not the same thing as ever-suffering. Are you getting my point? It gets to a point in which we'll have pushed the envelope too far, like they say. To have, to come, the handshake will have crossed the elbow. will have exhausted the patience of the Lord. It happens. It happens. And when that happens, we will not come under his judgment. But I want to read again today from that revelation. That listen, Jesus is patient, but he warns people. Does Jesus punish people? Yes, he does. Don't believe the gospel. That is, only the devil does what is so-called bad. That God never does it. We preach that God only allows the devil. God never does any allowing. Trust me. He always commands. Are you getting my point? Even when it's so called allow, he has to command the allowance. I don't know why you're getting my point. He has to command it. Without commanding it, nobody does anything. If the devil wants to do anything, he has to obtain permission. He said, who we go to? uh, Sorry. Who will entice Ahab to go to Ramos Gilead that he might fall or perish or die there? And the spirit said, I will. And God said, what will you do? The spirit said, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And you know what God said? Go. Do what you have said. Succeed in doing it. Is it God's will that Ahab should perish? Originally, no. How do I know that? The Bible says God does not delight in the death of anyone. He doesn't. But it's long-suffering for everyone to come to repentance. But when Ahab wouldn't come to repentance and stay in repentance, there was a time that Ahab came to repentance and God lifted the judgment. But instead of him to stay in repentance, he continued in the way of his wife Jezebel and God had to come forth with what he called a destruction that is overflowing with righteousness. For that reason, when he wanted to do that, even though we in modern Christianity, we try and explain that God just allowed, he did not just allow, It was not his will. It was not his desire. But when judgment time came, he had to pronounce the right for that evil spirit to do what he did. That's a matter of fact. If you see, even when Job's matter came up, he gave the devil specific instructions on what he will do and what he will not do. Yeah, he told him, everything I have, all of this I have given to your hands, but you can't touch his flesh. You get my point here. At the point that he said, you, you can touch his flesh, but you can't kill him. So that's how the judgment of God is. So please, let's not, I, I just want to disabuse this thing from our minds that we, as of well who teach word of faith and grace things, we keep on trying to emphasize that it is the devil. I want to say something again. The devil has his issues. The devil has his desires. Satan has, but worse, the person that is worse than the devil is Jesus himself. He's one person, listen, listen. let's get it clear. We've talked about it when we're looking at the way, the truth, and the life. The one person that is worse than the devil in the day of his anger is Jesus himself. He's worse. He's far worse. And that was why Jesus himself warned, don't fear him that can only kill the flesh. So there are levels of destructions that people have. The devil can destroy the flesh. There's nothing else he can do. Human beings can destroy the flesh. There's nothing they can do. But he said, fear him that can destroy the flesh, then go into another realm, and then cast the soul into eternal fire. That's the job of Jesus. He said, the father judges no man. He has committed all judgment to the son. Get it clear. We're going to see it later. We're talking about it. But he said judgment, and that's Acts chapter 10. Peter said he commanded us to testify. Solemnly testify that this Jesus is a God appointed, that's the point, God appointed judge of the living and the dead. I said before, our message has not been balanced when we're preaching Him only as Savior. This, the message of Jesus is only balanced if you preach Him as a judge and also as a Savior. You must put two things together. One of the reasons why He gladly saves is that he knows how dangerous his wrath is when that time comes. That's what it's called, the day of the vengeance of the Lord. Jesus knows it's such a dangerous day. He says, let me save you from that judgment. He knows how terrible it is. So himself comes and says, let me save the people. Because they don't understand. (laughs) There was a time when he was being punished, the season of crucifixion. Some women were crying for him. He said, don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves and for your children. Now, listen to this. He was talking about how relative the punishment was. That the time will come, you will see terrible things happen to you. Now, that was going to be done by the Romans. Are you getting my point? Now, what, what I'm trying to say, when he realizes what he will do to people in the day of his anger, he came down and died for them. And he gave everybody a chance. Believe now and be saved from the judgment to come. Please, I'm trying to get us to understand that Jesus is not just the gentle lamb, you know, this lamb. Please, forget this Christmas story. It's not a good story to be telling all the time. All right? Jesus Jesus stopped these baby things long ago. <laughs> you know, this infant, infant thing. Infant Jesus rocking the credo, credo, credo. Don't sing those songs. It's not necessary. Sing songs of his reason. He's a soon-coming king. He's a king of kings and a lord of lords. That's the song you should sing. We just be singing now, uh, uh, while she past words they are flogged by night. Forget that thing. <laughs> those, days are, those days are over. Are you getting my point? Uh, sing songs like He Rains. You understand my point? He's seated on high. He rides a white horse. He's coming with the fierceness of His anger. That's the song you should be singing. You should be singing. Look, I said, I'm not going to the cradle anymore. Nobody's there. Even in the grave, nobody's there. You are camping around the cradle. That one is history. The thing that is active right now is that Jesus rose up from the dead. He's exalted. He's been glorified. So glorified that when John saw him, he fell at his feet as one dead. Forget this Christmas story after oh, you. It gives the impression that Jesus is a baby to carry. It gives no it gives that impression. You know, you carry baby Jesus, now go. People would not be going. Hmm. There's no baby Jesus again. Why did I say? There's no, baby Jesus. There's no baby Jesus. Baby Jesus has grown. He's not gentle and so tender. You know the Christmas stories? No. The Jesus we have to deal with now is to be feared. We should be afraid to offend him. That's what I'm going to emphasize. We should literally fear him. We should know that he is good, he's patient. But is a judge. And we say that judgment begins where? In his house. That's what Peter told us. Judgment begins in his house. Said the Lord will judge his people. But he now said, listen, if you don't want God to judge you, it is simple. What do you do? Judge yourself. Examine yourself. We talked about it last time. Settle down. When will people go on fasting and praying? No. We spend too much time fasting about things that God didn't say we should fast about. This year is my year of breakthrough. You now say this breakthrough, you spend a whole night calling breakthrough to come. Jesus said, That's how Gentiles pray. I need this. You spend a whole night fasting about it. Say, that's how Gentiles pray. If breakthrough is not coming, this is how Christians pray. You sit down and say, What is inside me that is not in keeping with breakthrough? That is a prayer point. You lie down and look at your life. Last year. You join an association. They called you financial secretary. And then they call for money. Money is not complete. You tell long, long stories. That's what fasting is about. To ask yourself, why do you like to tell stories? That's what fasting is about. Why is it that, <laughs> you know, I was with a friend of mine today. He said, give money, somebody money to start a business. The business has grown. And the man has refused to pay him back. Every time you say, I, I remember I'm owing you money <coughs> Meanwhile, business is growing, and it's a business in which he patronizes the man. It's a service, you know? It's not as if he's buying and selling. He renders a service. It's not as if you come to your shop and buy something which you need money to restock. It's a service the man renders. And he'll still collect his money complete and say, I know I'm owing you. <laughs> My friend said, I don't want to ask him that. Common sense would have said, okay, render this service, and let's be deducting the money over time. Say so he'll give him a job to do. Jobs supposed to deliver in five days. One month is looking for demand. This is why breakthrough doesn't last. These are the kind of things Christians supposed to do. You lie down and ask yourself, how can because go and listen to our series, Habitation of God. How do I do it so that my words will never fall to the ground? You do your part of it. You plan your business well so that if you tell somebody I'm delivering in one week, in six days you are ready. Those are the things that, that's, that's what fasting is for Christians. What is fasting to check who is pursuing you, you know it's a waste of time. Let me say it again. If any prophet comes to tell you you are discovered by revelation who is afflicting you, tell him, Pastor, you're a fake man of God. Follow a man of God for how he teaches you righteousness. And for how his words burn, you know, born the you know, the spirit of God burns in you when he's talking. As so he claims to do miracles, forget that. Thing. The prophet will not come and tell you that. The, your, your grandmother doesn't want you to succeed. Your, your, your father's second wife is a witch in your life. That's been, has been withholding your destiny. Listen to me. If any prophet tells you that, just say, Pastor. Pastor Banky said you are not genuine. That you should go and learn. That, okay, if that's the case, what do you want me to do? If your God is not powerful enough to fulfill his own word, that I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. They are not serving the true God. The true God doesn't care who my enemies are. He can handle my matter whether they are alive or they are dead. Yes, I want all of you listening to me never join anybody in praying prayers that say die, die. Nobody is going to die. Not because you said die anyway. And if they do die, you are in trouble because whatever you sow, you will also reap. He that shows mercy shall obtain mercy obey the Lord. He didn't say you should pray that anybody should die. It's nonsense praying. I'm sorry to say, look, you see part of the thing we are talking about. We should stop tolerating this rubbish. We should stop. We should stop. God said, I need their presence to bless you. Because my word says, I prepare a table in their presence. If they are all dead, where would the blessing go? How will I manifest it? And God is not afraid. You are the one afraid of the, devil, the, of the, of the enemies. So you wake up every day praying the enemies should die. They are not going to die. Why? It's not necessary. So forget that thing. Don't pray, die in prayer. Look, pray the word of God. If God wants to kill people, you know that's his business. I'm not saying he doesn't kill people, but that's his problem. The people you are afraid of, he can bless them why bless you while they are watching. People like to look, if we start doing die, die, die. In two weeks, you you you, you come here, we won't have a seat again. You know? This week, anybody that says you will not prosper, whether they're in the village, or in the city, or in the office, or at home, die, 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 die. How you see human beings, wicked people, how can you be blessed? When God does not delight the death of a sinner, you, you rejoice at the death of a sinner. They will come and testify. I killed my uncle. Praise the Lord. Oh, he killed his uncle, man of oh God. He killed his uncle. So you have to feel bad. When Ezekiel prophesied and Pelati had died, Ezekiel shouted, God, what are you doing here? You want to kill everybody? Oh, come and rejoice. We believers, that's what we do with fasting, is to examine ourselves to see what exactly it is that is in our lives that is not in keeping with what God wants us to do, how God wants us to live. Like we declare all the time that we need to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects so as to bear fruit in every good work and continually increase in the knowledge of God. That is what we are supposed to do. So occasionally, really, you should do that. At the end of the year, beginning of the year, take time out and just think about your life. If you are married, a very good one. Check your relationship with your husband, your relationship with your wife. How have I been? How have I been improving? How have I been managing money? Can I control my impulse better? A new phone comes out. You break the family budget because you want to buy an iPhone 8. Is it 8 out yet? 7 that they are still using Abby? Okay. Uh-huh. You now hear that? Uh, okay, and uh, uh, Galaxy Note 8 is is about to sneak out. Man, I must have that phone. The light, the house cannot be balanced again. Everybody, you are paying for a phone, small, small. It's your. I mean, why the one you have is just eight months old. You must have the new one. Listen, you are indisciplined. That's it. That's it. You have to assess your life. How 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 better disciplined am I than before? Have I learned how to say no? It's not every I they bring for you, you buy. Are you getting my point? Yes. I mean, you ask yourself, all the pride, all the just trying to, you know, compete with people. How has it gone down in my life? Because Peter said, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they must always increase. That's what we're talking about. These qualities in your life must always increase. And what you do is periodically you settle down and check whether they are increasing. Am I more patient than before? Those are the things you check. You drive, you know, on the road. Sometimes, you know, other drivers really want to, you know, they want to drive you crazy. But you just check, oh, I don't get as angry as I used to get. That's what God says you should be checking in your life. That's what God says you should be checking your life. How better disciplined am I with money? Very important. Money is a very important thing. You can check how disciplined you are in life with how disciplined you are with money. There are people that money hits their hand six weeks later and they were talking to a the millionaire. They don't even know what happened to it. You look and say, No, I can't continue like that. You do business. Bible says, Know the condition of your flock. It's godliness to know how much money came in, how much money went out, where did it go to. Some business people, they ruin their own businesses, they don't have a salary. As money comes in, Madame says, Want to go to market, sales for the day, he takes from it and gives to Madame. That's how to become poor. That is exactly how to become poor. After some time, they'll be blaming the, the neighbor who's been jealous of me in the market. In scripture, know the condition of your flock. You see, that is part of godliness. Oh, before my business was scattered. Now, I have order. I have an account book. I know how much we paid last month. I know what our expenses are. I know what the profit on it is. And I know how much is my own part of it. One of the things that kill business, we find there was one big supermarket we had downstairs here. One night, they closed, 12 midnight. They closed, you know what? 12 midnight was when they closed. How many of you remember the supermarket? Down here. 12 midnight they closed. I ran away, I'm sure, with millions of naira that belonged to people that left things for them to sell. One woman that my wife knows came <laughs> the following day. She was looking through the glass to be sure. If they released it, there. Ah, I, my wife felt bad. Her money is gone. Why? Because you know the way supermarkets are? People will come, give you goods. What? Thousands of naira hundreds of thousands of naira, sometimes millions of naira, expecting that as you are selling, you'll be paying them off. They don't have proper accounting system. Many people are ruined for things like that. They don't understand that, listen, one million naira, yes, in my account, but it doesn't belong to me. On that one million, yours may not be more than 50,000 naira. Because by the time you pay the man who supplied you, by the time you finish paying your utilities, your rent, your staff, you realize that one million naira, bros, your portion is not even up to fifty thousand, And I'm not talking about your portion after you've settled your personal things. Your portion out of that one million. Eight hundred is for your suppliers. Your staff, you have to get paid. As a Christian, in Jesus' name you will repent. You must never bypass nepa Meter. How can a Christian at this day and age you are still diverse, you are still you are a thief? E he puts power meter there, you are bypassing it. Only, There are things Christians are not supposed to do. In case you don't know it, you cannot pray for the power sector in Nigeria. If you are doing that, your power is your prayer is ineffective. It's zero. In case you don't know, you are part of the problem of the society. Pay your bills. Pay your bills. Pay your bills. Check when you check at the end of the day, you realize that you didn't make money. On turnover of one million your portion, right time you pay s one pay the regular utilities, everything remaining is how much? 35,000. But at least next month you will still be there. The following month you will still be there. Then one day, listen to me. One day your turnover will be 100 million in the same period. And that 35,000 will no longer be 35,000. Your portion of it at the point in time will be naira. One of the greatest things you must do for yourself is to establish a good name if you are doing business. People should be able to swear say, oh, Who did you give our goods to? They say, Oh, so, so I'm surprised. i so Oh, don't worry, we'll get the money. There's one woman that works with me in the office. I tell my wife. I told my wife, I said, This woman. Ah, there was time she was working with me when I was a at a particular point in time. So she was supposed to pay some money. I said, Give it to her. Don't worry, the money will be complete. It will be complete. These are the kind of reputations Christians are supposed to go for. You are doing business, somebody supplies you something. It's, look, it's, it's priority. It's not, some people don't know that paying debt is not uh, when I have money. You pay your debt before you eat. Because the other fellow has to eat. And it's your obligation. People don't get the point. This, one, that, this is why many businesses close. Money walks in, MD looks and goes to buy a car. The money is not your own. Jesus is Lord. The money is not your own. you made sales, yes, but somebody supplied the goods until you paid the person you've not made any money. Chris says, look, we should be known for our integrity. You say, Who's that? Oh, he said, Chris ah, no, no, the money will come back. You know, <laughs> let me tell you, pastors have be careful. Some of these offerings you are collecting, God will collect it back. Believe me, God will soon collect it back. God is going to collect some offerings back. Tell pastors that I said so. He will come and collect it back. My friend was in a church. They are building a church. And the man said, it's my church. Let me help them collect iron rod. He sells cement. In the market. Church, oh yeah, now pay the iron rod money now. They say there's no money. Please, now it's not my own now. I'm a cement dealer. Just because it's my church, I use my influence to collect iron rod on credit. They say there's no money. I Meanwhile, construction of the church was going on. So my friend went to the pastor and said, please, why have you not paid me so and so and so, so? He said, our big general overseer, bishop, prelate, whatever be the name of the archbishop of the church. Said that the building must be finished by December, so the man should wait. By that time, the man had left the church. He had oh, he had left because to be able to sue them, he had to stop his membership. He had gotten a lawyer. What is his issue? It is not even my money, it's my neighbor's money. I don't deal in iron rod, I sell cement. I don't need to tell you. They did some other things. One day, God broke the pillar of the church in the afternoon, one, one weekend. God just came and, you know, angels have, angels like to play games too. They play golf, I told you. I've been telling you. God will collect his money. When I see Christmas, he will be playing with God. Listen, this is the word of the Lord for this season. Jesus said, I'm tired. I will break churches, collect cars, motor car. you just park a car, hey, praise the Lord, hallelujah, boom, the car will just explode. And it is messy that there's nobody inside. Church members who are giving offerings from money that's not their own. And we don't tell them that it's not right. One man was testifying, I knew he was lying anyway. Yeah, one brother, the governor now saw him and I gave him a job, contract, $20 million. He first took two million and brought his tithe. I feel like I say, Pastor, you said you don't have sense. If they gave a man a quarter of 20 million, is his profit 20 million? How can he bring a tithe of two million and you are you are agreeing with him? Should I have told him, my brother, this is how people die in poverty. Come on, go and do the business, my friend. When you finish doing the job, then you will bring the books, we will check. If your profit on it, you're able to get a profit of 2.5. Uh-huh. Then I will now say, Where's my portion? The out of that one, you give me back, but then I will bless you. If you say, Oh, as soon as the money comes, you know, we pastor, we like to twist it to our own advantage. Say it's first fruit. It's not first fruit, there's no fruit yet. <laughs> <laughs> how, 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 how can it be first fruit? There's no fruit yet. It's a job. When he tells you, tell, say, oh boy, where's the money? It's an account. Sure, you know you can't buy tie yet. He say, yes sir. You know you can't buy anything. Say, yes. Do that job. Make sure that man is impressed, even if you don't make a dime of it. Say, yes sir. Help him, supervise him. Make sure. How is the job going? Del- make sure. I don't want to hear that there's come out. At the end of the day, let the man know that you may not make a millionaire. Quality is more important. A good name, the Bible says, is better than riches. A good name is better than silver and gold. That's why I said, God will collect some of this money back. He will collect it. He will collect it. I had a story of one pastor. He went to one church to go and preach. As I was, co- in, he invited him to come and preach. As I was coming, the Lord began to speak to me. That look, Day is going to give ten million naira today, and the man right beside him is going to give fifteen million. When they finish finishing, the people brought the money, Then they give him in court. A, I thought it's court business. It's court. On the way, suddenly he hear the spirit speak to him. Say if you love your wife and children and you want to see them again, go and return that money. And the guy told the driver, turn. Turn. And the past, the host pastor said, Thank you very much for the honorarium. Take. Ah, uh, man of God, any problem. There's no problem. Thank you very much. He went to. The Lord told him if you like your wife, you like your children, and you like to see them again, return that blood money. That's why I'm going collect say, look, just watch it. He will soon start collecting his money back. And in case you are looking for where to see, so that God can multiply your money, please, it's oh, not Kingdom World Ministries. Oh. We don't do money doubling business here. <laughs> if you want to give an offering, make sure there are two things in your heart. One, you feel like, ah, I have been blessed. Let me share a portion of the blessing of God in my material blessing with this ministry. We receive that God will multiply you. Two, ah, this word must go far. What can I do to make it go far? Are you getting my point? Yes. That is why you drop money in the offering basket. Here. Or transfer to our account. If you are saying when I give it God will multiply it. In Jesus name, he will never multiply it for you. Don't bring your Jonah spirit into my boat. I have where I'm going in life, please. No Jonah here, don't give me Jonah offering. Offerings that cause problems later when you want to pray, say, In the name of the <coughs> oh, coffin, ah, say, Lord, what is going on? He said, That offering is not good. <laughs> Look, listen, this is not MMM ministries. M may be in our name, but does this. <laughs> I'm serious. If I <laughs> <You are> laughing, <laughs> I don't multiply money for people though. Any money you give to Kingdom World, consider it giving. Don't quote it for God. So Lord, you're going to multiply this money because I gave to Kingdom World Ministries. God will say, did you listen to the pastor there? Listen, God blesses people for giving oh! You know? He does. Let me not forget to tell you. He does. God loves a cheerful giver. He that sows generously will receive bountifully. It's scripture. I'm not taking away from it. But God said, I check the heart before I reward people. Those who invest are not cheerful givers. Their offerings are not received from God, by God. They invest. If say invest in the gospel, there's nothing like that. If the return is for you, you invest in the gospel if the return is for the advancement of the gospel. That's when you invest in the gospel. That if you want the gospel to fill the country, then you invest in it. Are you getting my point? So it can fill the country. But if you are looking for returns, you don't invest in the gospel. When you're looking for returns, you invest in GT Bank, Dangote Refinery. You go and buy, you go and sell. That is investing money. In, in Christianity, money, we give it. When we give it, we say, Lord, that was a nice one. A great privilege to work with you. I hope the money will be able to do something. That is how Christians give. Somebody said, they say I should sow into a, the life of a man I admire. Don't sow into my life. Please. He I'll be going on the road. Grass will be growing under my clothes. Because somebody sow seed into my life. I don't want that kind of offering you are giving to me, it will be like, ah, that word blessed me. Paul said, because you have fed me spiritually, it is my duty to communicate. My That's how you do it. It's not a seed as in, uh, when I give it, I multiply. No. It's my duty. I want to do it. It's my duty. I want to do it. I don't understand, but those are the people that God now blesses. Yes! Those are the people that God now blesses. God, now, Because look at Solomon. God said, what can I do for you? He said, nothing, you no. Know, more than giving me wisdom to be a blessing to your people. because said, God, in that case, I am going to give you more money. Why? You did not ask for money. I will give you more money than you ever imagined. In that case, I am going to give you long life. In that case, so when, when, why are you giving me long life? Because you forgot to ask for it. I will take care of your enemies. Why? You didn't ask me for it. You were so concerned about the assignment I placed in your hands. That was the primary thing. Because for that reason, I give you the things you did not ask for. Believe me in Christianity. Those who are not long-throating, God, why are you multiplying my money? He is the one who multiplies their money. They are the ones. They are the ones that he will multiply money back to abundantly because they gave from a generous heart. All the money people are giving to connect with blessing, it's not from generous hearts. God is just looking at them and shaking his head. Say, foolish people. Senseless people. Wicked people. We have been talking about what? Examine ourselves. That's what we're talking about. What's my motive? Why do I do what I do? It's important. Why do I do what I do? That's part of the self examination we have been talking about. So when we do it, he says, we will not be judged. When we do it, we correct ourselves. One of the things God helped me to do this, I react different ways to different things. There are times I sat and say, banky that reaction, was that you? Or it was a right thing? I said, That was just me. I I do that a lot. Maybe somebody just annoyed me on the road. I said, Nothing's wrong with that. That guy, what he did is not worse than what people do normally. If he did not sleep well, just confess that he didn't sleep well. But this one was snapping for people. The one guy annoyed me last week when I shouted. I showed The guy I said, Ah, uh-uh, no, be money. I this guy for where they wreck like this. I was in a bad mood. It was on Tuesday. I forgot what happened. Okay, I remember now. So I was angry. I was talking to my wife in the car. Look at this one. we just talking, 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 So as I was looking for, then and I now got here. Nowhere to park. <laughs> I was now moving my car to one corner to park. I came down. By that time, I was now running late. Supposed to come and preach. I came down. I saw that I was blocking somebody. I went back to the car to go and move the car. I didn't know the guy had seen my wife. I went to look, 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 look. Don't ask that guy for money. It's a bad time. The guy didn't listen. He came to my window and knocked. So, you know, I was trying to park. I thought he wanted to give me information that no, please don't move here. Somebody wants to move out. So, he looked neatly dressed. So, I went down. said, Chiromego. I said, Yee (laughs) yee. to Give you money to make it worse, not even a little man, it's a hustle man. So he lent a for begging. So all of that, one you came stop me responsibly, like stop. I thought you want to help me with parking. Then you told me to give you money. I told the guy, will you get away from there? Am I owe you money? Am I, owe you money. I owe you money? do you keep money? The way I take away for the guy, I asked for the pastor, cool down. Cool down. Not be the guy. You are in a bad mood. My wife said, I want the guy. That is a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> the guy didn't listen. I saw the guy today. I don't think, Maybe he recognized me. He only tell me, good as he knows, I go. <laughs> 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 the Lord is good. So one of the things that the Lord has helped me with is that, and I do that, I'll just settle down, look, that reaction, is it righteousness or just your flesh? It's a bank, tell yourself the truth. This one, our flesh. So, when I get that kind of thing, I just calm down. I tell myself the truth. Why am I saying so? You have to examine yourself. Because if you don't, and when you do that, you judge yourself. You confess and trust the Lord to help you. If you don't, then he is going to have to deal with you himself. Like I said at that time, he's not dealing with you because he hates you. He deals with you because He wants to really correct you. We talked about that last time. All right. Now, I will spend so much time on other things. Let me now go on to the message I have for today. Please, be patient with me. We are going to hear the word of God today. Alright? Now, can we open our Bibles now to the book of Revelations? I thank God for the Holy Spirit that has led us the way we have gone so far. Because, based on my own understanding, this was where I wanted to start from. My aim was to look at these letters to the churches. Different preachers have preached on it at different times, and I would like to recommend um, David Paulson's collection on it, The Letters of Jesus to the Seven Churches. David Paulson did a series on it, and I think if you can lay your hands on it, it will be a blessing to you. What I'm preaching is slightly different from what he preached, that is, the focus is slightly different. But So that's why I think you should lay hands on the messages, it will really be a blessing to you. Now, so like I was saying, I wanted to start from here, but I just let me step back a bit and explain that different levels of judgment, the three levels. We looked at two, especially self-examination and judgment, then the judgment of the Lord so that we will not be condemned with the world, and the final judgment is the condemnation for the world. We didn't talk about that third one at all, just the one that concerns us as Christians. Now, we are going to look at this beginning from now. Let me see where we can get to today, and next time we continue. What I want to just bring out is that, okay, let's read something, then I will now start speaking. Uh, we read part portion of this before, but let me just take it from, um, I will start from chapter 1, verse 4, but because it's rather long and I'm trying to save time today, I will jump here and there. From verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now listen to this. To him who loves us and redeemed us from our sins by his blood. And part of what he did is that he made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. He said, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now he said, I'm I'm, I'm jumping one verse now. Verse 8. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Then John now began to speak. He said, I was in the spirit, verse 10, on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches to Ephesus, to Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, to Sardis and to uh, Philadelphia and Laodicea. Then he turned around to look and he saw seven golden lampstands and in the middle of the lampstands He said, I saw like his son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, when it had been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in his strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one, and I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Now, this is where we are going. Therefore, write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, And the things which will take place after these things. And as for the mystery of the seven stars and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now we're looking at the seven churches. Now, one by one, we're going to read one first, and I'll begin to say the things I want to say for today. He said, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, The one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this. Now, please follow it closely. I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men. Actually, many of us are too tolerant of evil things in claiming that we don't want to judge. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles. Which, interestingly enough, is a very common tie to these days. Um, most money raisers I know, they are apostles. That does not include the Apostle Kemuteo. <laughs> I just want you to know that there are genuine apostles. He said, You put to test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. And you found them to be false, so they are genuine ones.